You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Upcoming event for a Missouri Association for Creation event is right around the corner Monday, May 11th. I want to share with you this great topic. Um, now, you may think uh, usually their monthly meetings meet in person, but during the pandemic, uh, they're going to do like most of us have been doing, a meeting virtually on Zoom. Uh, great topic, though. Really excited to to dig into this. Dr. Rob Carter is our guest today. He's a senior scientist and speaker for Creation Ministries International USA. Dr. Carter, thanks for joining us on the Coffee Hour. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Digging into the topic of ancient DNA versus the Bible. Uh, I want to talk about DNA and uh, study of DNA and how that is helpful. How is it helpful in understanding ancient people? Well, this is a brand new field that I've only been recently really uh, spending a lot of time on, and I'm very excited by what I've been discovering, but it's also things that I didn't expect. So like one of the questions we have in the Bible, right? Um, all people come from Noah and all people disperse across the world at the Tower of Babel. And Genesis chapter 10 is called the Table of Nations. It's got this list of all these people groups and which son of Noah they descended from. And yet when you look at ancient DNA, you don't necessarily see that pattern. And so it's a big challenge. But I think the answer is that the Table of Nations only gives you a snapshot of people within a couple hundred miles of Israel. And the rest of the world is open for exploration. And so when, if you look at Europe and we find DNA of ancient people that doesn't match modern Europeans, well, it's because the Europeans migrated in after the first people got there. And so all these really cool pictures in ancient history that we can you know, look at and delve into and compare them to the Bible. There are so many things I want to know, but we have so much time. Uh, what are... What are some examples of ancient DNA samples that have been discovered and studied? Well, the first one, the first really shocking one was uh, when David Reich pulled DNA out of a Neanderthal skeleton because they're too old. There's not supposed to be DNA in something that's you know supposedly tens or even hundreds of thousands of years old. So the fact that there's ancient DNA there is raising a giant question about how old these things are. And I'm thinking that they're really a lot younger than the evolutionists want them to be. But when they started sequencing Neanderthals, and they've done now well over a dozen of them, we've learned they're homo sapiens. They're people. And we carry their DNA today. They're, some of them are our ancestors. And they found multiple cases in, in ancient burials where, hey, this person had a Neanderthal great-great-grandfather, or this person is half Neanderthal, and things like that. And it's just really cool. That's just one little example out of many I could choose from. DNA from Neanderthals. Now, now I just have hundreds of questions. <laughs> that we can't... And that's the cool thing about the subject is as soon as you start unpacking it, it's a giant can of worms where you could just fall into this deep, vast can of worms with all these questions. Not that you want to be there, but it's all of these questions. And there's more and more and more because we're talking about people and talking about history and all these mysteries. And we can now, like, like in the past, there's this big debate. When farming got to Europe, because we can see the earliest archaeological levels that the people weren't farmers. They were just hunters. And then farmers arrived. Well, was that a new group of people moved in or did the people in Europe learn how to farm? 
The answer is it was a new group of people and they came from Turkey. And they moved northwest into Europe and they overwhelmed that initial population. And most of that initial population died off. But some of them married with the new people. And the result was a mixture of people. We can see that in the DNA. We could not see that before. That's fascinating. That's so cool. So, so in, in studying ancient DNA, what challenges or questions does this present? Um, what are some of the, the questions that you've, you've had to wrestle with and, and research? Well, one of the big ones is um, how far apart Neanderthals are from modern people. Because if these are Homo sapiens, and if these came off people, or if, if, it is, if they descend from Noah and Noah's family, then they picked up a lot of mutations really fast. Because over time, humanity is picking up mutations. We today have more mutations than our grandparents. And they had more mutations than our great-great-great-great-great-grandparents. So we pick up mutations over time. But the Neanderthals, when you put them on a family tree, they have a very long branch, which means a lot of mutations. And so there's an open question how they got so mutant so quickly. That's one big challenge for us. Yeah. How do you how do you reconcile the study of ancient DNA with scripture and with what we learn about creation and and the history of mankind? How do you how do you bridge all of that stuff together? With a lot of thought and a lot of pondering difficult subjects and questions, we have to be real careful with science cuz science can be very wrong. In fact, probably half of what we think is true in science isn't but we haven't figured out what's not true yet. <laughs> so scientists track record is one of learning and correcting and rejecting old ideas. Like, I mean, one of the biggest ones, the out of Africa theory that we've been pounded over the head with for, you know, a couple of decades since the late eighties, actually, we now know scientists keep saying that we arose in Africa a couple hundred thousand years ago. Well, they have over the last couple of years thrown that out. They no longer believe that. And yet that was a club that they cuddled up, cudgeled. Is that right? Can you use cudgel as a verb? I don't know. They beat us over the head with that for a long time. And now they're, oh, that's not true. We now know, they said, that uh, people arose in different places and the genes mixed across the landscape. Well, wait a second. How certain are you, are, are you about that one? And so, yeah, DNA is, is challenging everybody. There's no people group in the world that is not uh, having their history rewritten. And so it's now, now that this is, it's a race, all these people are racing to try to find out what really happened. That means that the people who believe in the Bible have an opportunity here to run that race alongside the others, which is really exciting. Yeah. What have you found most interesting in your studies of ancient DNA and and, and comparing that with a biblical account, what's been most interesting to you? One of the coolest things is that there's clearly a single dispersion of people across the planet. And the further away you go from the center of origin, which is somewhere around the Middle East, the less diverse people get because fewer and fewer people made it to the ends of the earth. And so you talk about Native Americans, they have, you know, there's one of the least diverse people groups on the planet. But if you talk about Middle Easterners, you know, every single genetic variant exists there. It's true also in Northeast Africa. But in Southern Africa and Western Africa, there's less diversity. In Europe, there's less diversity. 
in northern um, uh, Siberia or down in um, Australia, diversity goes down because people migrated from a central point. And that's really cool. Um, there's so many other little anecdotes, though. We could talk about the origin of Jewish people, which is clearly um, Middle Eastern. We can talk about Genghis Khan and the way he uh, became the ancestor of one out of every 200 people on Earth today by conquering and raping his way across half the world. We can talk about the arrival of modern Europeans and modern European DNA is not even in Europe until the Bronze Age. That's the time of the judges. The Europeans were still in Asia, north of the Caspian Sea. What? I mean, all these crazy things. Um, and yet when we compare it to the Bible, there aren't anything, there's nothing there that says the Bible is absolutely wrong. There are a few things, though, that are difficult to answer, but we can if we do it carefully. Hmm. What's the most challenging thing you've come across in, in your studies of DNA? Well, it goes up and down and back and forth. Um, <laughs> so, you know, something that might be challenging to me today, we might get a good answer for, but then someone else will either reanalyze re the claim and say I'm wrong or come up with a brand new claim. Um, we've been able to answer like um, uh, the races question because we, I mean, we now know, we use that, I love that phrase. It means we were wrong yesterday. That's what that means when a scientist says that. But scientists now know there's no such thing as human races. The similarity of people from one end of the planet to the other is too similar. We are one species, we are actually one race, and the difference between black people and white people is usually one letter out of three billion. That's a very tiny percentage, one out of three billion. Um, so there are challenges in archaeology because there are a lot of archaeological levels and we got to get a lot of people on the earth after the flood and very quickly after the flood so they can build the pyramids and they can build all the things in, in, the, um, in the Middle East and so that they can build the Harappan civilization and on and on and on and on and on. And that requires a very fast population growth because we don't have tens of thousands of years. There's also continual challenges uh, with people looking at humans and other species and like they find evidence of an ancient viral infection in the human genome that's also shared with chimpanzees and gorillas. Ooh, that's a challenge <laughs> because you wouldn't expect a virus that affects the genome to appear in the same exact spot in three completely separate created species. But if evolution is true and it happened millions of years ago, then we could all have inherited that little mutation caused by the virus. And yet that in itself is couched in the idea of junk DNA, which I completely disagree with. I think the genome is a very highly engineered, beautifully designed and robust system that God made from scratch. And so therefore, when we look at something in the genome that doesn't look like it has a function, we're probably wrong. There's probably a good reason for that letter set being right in that spot because it does something with this other gene over here or over there. And so as we learn more and more and more about the genome, a lot of these challenges are actually falling apart. But I don't have the answer to everything. And my friends and colleagues that are working on these sub subjects, we don't have the answer to everything, but we are making headway and it's really exciting to be here right now. You're the presenter for the next Missouri Association for Creation monthly lecture series on ancient DNA versus the Bible coming up Monday, May 11th at 7 p.m. What do you want us to learn in that upcoming lecture in just, uh, we have just about a minute and a half left. I want to impress upon the people the Bible is really history. 
that we have, do have challenges, but we can answer those challenges, that we don't have to run away or jettison our faith in Scripture because of something some scientist is saying. But a lot of what I've just said and a lot of what's going to be presented has already appeared on the pages of creation.com. I've written a lot on this, and some of my friends have written a lot on this. So if a listener wants more info, creation.com is a great source for them. Dr. Rob Carter, senior scientist and speaker for Creation Ministries International and presenter at the next Missouri Association for Creation monthly lecture series coming up Monday, May 11th at 7 p.m. Dr. Carter, thanks for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. You're very welcome. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.